0: Welcome to Your Adventure Podcast, a motivational podcast without the screaming. A hosted, unedited conversation with guests from all walks of life, sharing their own personal journey, showing that everyone has different outlooks on life, choice of career, and that success looks different for everyone. Get ready to be inspired and be enlightened of how we all have similar journeys and thoughts, Anything is possible. This is your adventure podcast, and this is Dustin Emery.
1: Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of your adventure podcast. Happy to have, happy to be back with another guest. Happy for you joining us. Uh, this is your host, as always, Dustin Emery. And today's guest from Temecula is Dylan, I'm sorry, Dylan Garcia, uh, a PTA, per Physical Therapist Assistant. Did I say that right? Yes, sir. It, PTA is the right uh, yes, acronym, isn't it? Yes. Okay. I was doing a little Googling last night, trying to brush up on PTA and physical therapy. I did it once as mm-hmm. a basketball athlete when I was a kid. Um, it was not enjoyable. <laughs> I'll say that just because I think I was more... Um, anxious to just getting back onto the court, okay. so I wanted this to be over, but it helped. So I give you that. Um, how are you doing today?
2: Fantastic. How are you?
1: Not bad. Uh, long drive, I know, to Temecula.
2: All right. Well. An hour, right? So, I mean, like I said, I used to be an EMT long before this. So I driven up and down the county of San Diego. Even had some long distance tram- transports from san diego to ucla or even almost to arizona so driving is not really a big deal for me
1: okay well that's all right i always ask just because i've had some guests come from pretty far and i always right. appreciate the drive <clears throat> um well uh i know we kind of talked about exactly how the um episode goes and i know you said you listened to uh the kessler brothers so that probably Kistler, gives yes. or, i'm sorry kessler yeah, even kessler kessler yeah kessler brother sorry guys <laughs> If you're listening to this episode, sorry. Um, so I know you kind of know what's going on. Yes, sir. What uh, what what were you trying to take from those episodes? Uh, just get a
2: general vicinity or idea of like what I'm gonna be interviewed upon, or I mean, because that's what I consider a podcast, like mm. free flowing interview, basically. And so, first and foremost, I want to say thank you very much for having on me. I'm very humble as a shy ADHD kid growing up in the corner. Like oh. I always thought, like it's just. Very humble for me, and I think to myself, why me? Like, why am I on this episode? But mm. it's very, very humbling, and I cannot be any more appreciative to be
1: on this episode. Oh, well, so man, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. So. Um, I always, always like hearing something like that about people kind of doing something that maybe would normally scare them. Exactly. I like that. I like that. All right. Well, let's start, you know, at the beginning. You know, now how, uh, you're 28, so obviously now you're, you know, a physical therapy assistant. But, you know, we go back to of our childhood, maybe high school, middle school, and we think, I guess the teachers start asking, what do you want to do when you grow up, right? So I'm assuming physical therapy maybe wasn't on the agenda at, at that age, but you know, what did you think about That's correct,
2: yes. Uh, <clears throat> I think I would say earliest memories of what I really wanted to do, I would say around 1997, 99, was I was three to five years old, and the big thing for me and my family, or at least my two other brothers, because I'm the youngest in my own was wwe or back in that time when it was wwf and okay the theatricals the 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 stage presence what you what not the, the the crowd the roar of everybody was always just so alluring for me mm-hmm. so and that was just so fun to me and the way that quickly changed out, because I started wrestling okay. real was in 2004,
3: because
2: mm-hmm. my eldest brother was in high school wrestling, and he was like pitching it to my dad, like, Dylan should do this. So when you do that, going into WWE, and you're like, these are two different entities of the world.
1: I guess the question could be, is like, when did you find out the WWE, <laughs> WWE was basically fake wrestling? Wait, what? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, right? <laughs> exactly. Oh, you just found it? Right now?
2: No. Yeah. Uh, I would say right around pretty immediately when i started wrestling because yeah you see the things that they do in wwe and you're like how the heck are they doing those moves and you realize they're getting some sort of assistance mm-hmm. and then like you try and replicate it as, even as a kid in on the wrestling mats and you're like can not really do those yeah it takes an insane amount of core strength And when you're younger you have some core strength but like these guys are very very fit people but mm-hmm. they're helping their opponent or whatever you want to Call whatnot to do these things, and so yeah, that's how. Like for me, I was like, "This is not real." That's when I pretty much knew my first wrestling practice. And you're putting on the shoes. I still remember this to this day. Mm-hmm. I walk in because I was in the uh, kids program at Temecula Valley, and I was like, "What the heck? Where's the chairs? The the tables? Uh, where's the that? ring? Right? Exactly. With the, the, the ropes." Like, and I was like, "What? This is a fallacy of what I imagined." So mm-hmm. yeah, it was pretty quickly for me to figure out that it wasn't real.
1: Did it uh, did it humble you pretty quickly? You think, or no? Uh, I, or were you just naturally gifted? Maybe you know.
2: Ah, uh, I don't. I'd say about fifty-fifty for me to just assume that I knew everything was wrong. <laughs> so yeah. I'm always just of a type of humble type person. But yeah, I think if anything, I was more irritated at first because uh, you know it's kind of like the Santa Claus story. Like you fed, a, not a lie, but it's just like there's a reason that that it was fed to you, and then when you realize that goes on, you're like, oh.
1: It's kind of like those saying that saying where the, a lot of people say don't meet your hero.
2: Oh, and I've met my heroes too, and yeah. Really? So.
1: Who 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 who's your heroes here? Um, now I'm just curious. So since I said that,
2: one of my first favorite artists and was Mike Ness of Social Distortion. Okay. And I'm a big punk rock, heavy metal, anything with a guitar. I am drawn to that.
1: I think that was our age group genre. Really? Yeah. Back and, then, well, I loved. It I would have
2: said growing up, it would have been out of that shift of punk rock and metal into mm. grunge, because that was what was more of a, an acceptable thing. Mm-hmm. Not that there's anything wrong with grunge. It was just the type of style music was going from hard to like mainstream in a way. And yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with it. That was just a shift. Okay. I still stayed with my music because that's just what resonated with me. But in 2016, this was at least a week after my grandfather passed away. I mm-hmm. bring this up because my grandfather and I, uh, this is with my mother's father, we listened to a lot of uh, Johnny Cash together.
1: Ooh, okay.
2: And every time Grandpa got in the car, he would go, put on that Johnny Cash music, wherever I would take him to breakfast or lunch, you name it. Mm -hmm. So, Social Distortion loves to end their concerts with a cover of Ring of Fire. And I would (laughs) met Mike Ness, because I'm the type of person, if I'm going to go to a concert, I go so early, because if I could buy a pit ticket,
3: I'll I'll be up in the front. Mm.
2: So, my buddy and I, we got there very early, and it was like, the House of Blues of San Diego, sometime in September of 2016. Mm -hmm. And I see this car pull up, and I see the guitarist, Johnny Wickersham, already come out. And I've met him, so I just say, hey, how you doing? And he's like, I'm pretty good. And then the drummer comes out, uh, and then the bassist. And then eventually, Mike Ness comes out. And he's with his wife, and I'm trying to do everything in the world to get his attention, Mm -hmm. because he's going through the entrance that I'm just like right in front of. And his, he's just, like, not giving me any type of attention. And it get, got to the point where his wife had to tell him, like, just go say hi to him. Take a minute out of your day. Yeah. And he was not the most happiest. I would say he was very grumpy. Mm. But I'm going to give him some fall for this because I think the night before he played out in Vegas. Mm. so I Give him a pass. 50-50. Yeah, <laughs> because that night uh, my buddy's... My, uh, buddy's other buddy's friend showed up and he's a very tall lanky dude hmm. and he's filming the show i like to film the shows because people give you a lot of shite if you film the shows. i like to watch it back and feel the emotions that i felt that day and that time because i've been to so many concerts oh, okay. anyways my buddy's friend like i said he's tall he's lanky. he's like six three
3: hmm.
2: arm span could probably touch that light right there
1: from where you're sitting
2: from where i'm sitting oh okay I'm that's lengthy. Maybe, yeah, I'm just
1: exaggerating maybe a maybe. little bit, but still, that's Anyhow, lengthy. Anyhow, I get so, like, you.
2: He's at the front with us, and he's putting the camera, so he's got the reach. And the pit from here to the stage is not that very far. And Mr. Ness is right in front of us playing. I can't remember the song, but he sees it, and he just kicks the phone, and it goes to uh. the other side of the to the venue. And myself, my buddy, my other buddy, and my other buddy, the one who lost his phone, we were all just kind of annoyed. Yeah. I was I'd like, be a
1: little upset for that, for sure. I'm like,
2: you're 50-something years old. You can just say, hey, please don't put that phone in my face. But yeah. You know. And that went flying. So that's two bad strikes within ah. the same night. And luckily, the security guard saw where it went. He picked it up and get brought it back to him. But we were kind of like... Yeah, with the little, that's
1: kind of a, a sad experience in a way. Yeah, yeah, so
2: it is what it is. I mean, I still <laughs> listen to them, but yeah. don't fall them as closely as I used to. Mm. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I get you. Um, yeah, I mean that that really <laughs> that really validates that saying cuz I always hear that from people, but um I guess it's 50/50 on some people, you know what I mean? Now that but, I
2: want to ask, have you met a hero where that kind of something like that to that effect has happened? No.
1: Um it, it, it's I don't know if it's um I don't know if the right word is like selfish or just uh I don't know. The, the really my only hero is Kobe, honestly. Um and that was, like, a life goal of mine. Somehow I would meet him. And I went to tons of Laker games mm-hmm. as a kid. Um, stood out, like, uh, even with my brother. He, he'll remember this. Like, we stood out, like, in the parking lots to where, like, you know, their cars would come out, like, after games or before games. And we would stand there trying to get autographs or, you know, them to roll down the window say oh. hi. I had a few players do that, you know, over the years. Um, but I never got Kobe. Um And I remember when I got older, uh, probably when I was like 21, that was like a goal of mine. I was like, you know what? I was like, someday I'm going to make like enough money to where I'll. Um, Because I think at the time when he was live, you you know how you can kind of book celebrities for like motivational talking, whatever, for your company or whatever. And my brother owns a coffee shop uh, business in Redlands. So my goal. When I turned twenty one, I was like, you know, what? I'm gonna make enough money in my life somehow to where I'm gonna book Kobe <laughs> to like come down to my brother's business and like do a talk. That's how I'm gonna meet him somehow. And then, you know, lo and behold, yeah, he he passed away a few right. years ago. But um, that was a goal. Um, but no, I I never got to meet him. Unfortunately, I still love
2: that though because even at a young age, a lot of people that age didn't know what they were doing. Granted, I didn't, but you were straightforward. Like, I'm gonna be successful to the point where I can meet my hero.
1: Yeah. I didn't really know exactly what my career was going to be at that time. Exactly. But I knew I needed to do something big so I could get to that goal, um, just because he wasn't cheap to book. <laughs>
2: right. Well, still a beautiful mindset. But... Um,
1: but that was the goal. Yeah. But, uh, like I said, unfortunately, you know, he passed away a few years ago. So now that, now that's kind of out the window. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if, um, you yeah, know, a good question. you asked. I don't know if I have a hero anymore. I don't know. Or at least a, a living one, I guess. I don't know. That's fair. Yeah. It's hard to say. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I guess that's my hero story. Um, okay, so met your hero, that didn't work out unfortunately. But so you started wrestling, like you talked about. Um, your goal, you know, as a young kid, was WWE. But once you got into wrestling and out of high school, you know, what was kind of your career mindset at that point? You yeah. know,
2: so as soon as I graduated high school, I was gonna be try to be a firefighter and paramedic. Okay. And so I was going to school at uh, Palomar College, which was in Escondido, right nearby uh, San Marcos. Okay. And I did that from about 2014-ish to 2018. So I got two associate's degree, fire technology and emergency management, and then I had my EMT license. Mm. And this a lot of times begs the question for I hear a lot of my patients, or even just people generally, like, what made you the transition from firefighter or medic to go to a physical therapist assistant? And it was really long term because like, <clears> so <throat> after I got my EMT license, you'd have to go to paramedic school, which is a year long. And I knew a friend of mine, a very good friend of mine who works at, uh, I believe, Poway Fire now. He failed out one of the last weeks. And if Ooh. you fail out, you got to start from day one. Wow. And then you have to go to, um, to the academy. Mm-hmm. And then you have to get your firefighter level one cert, and then so on. And that just sounds like years and years down the road. And I can't grow face hair, but that sounds like I'm going to have a beard down to touching my knees. So mm-hmm. um, maybe I'm somewhat accurate. I know if there's some people listening who are firefighter medics, it's I'd say I'm, I'm along the track. But And then I just jumped from Palomar College of San Marcos to getting my bachelor's in kinesis. Mm-hmm and then that was kind of a uh, kinesiology, uh, yes, sir, kinesiology kinesiology right. yeah, specifically okay. health science so that could go many routes mm. and it was mostly <clears throat> to stay in the medical field cuz my mother's a nurse practitioner actually okay technically she's a doctor to nurse practitioner but so i was going to stay medical related cuz i knew it your foundation of medical whatever it is stay strong so it's you never know going something. away. yeah um, it does pay well not that that was a motivating factor it does help a little bit mm. cuz um I like making money but that's not my top priority. Mm-hmm. Um and then when i finished out at San Marcos I pretty much jumped from Cal State San Marcos. I graduated of May of 2020 okay. and started a month later at Loma Linda University for the physical therapist assistant in the pandemic.
1: Well, how do you do physical therapy in the pandemic? How does that work? Oh my goodness. You might that need was, to explain that one.
2: So, my cohort all If there's anybody listening, um, you guys understand how rough that was, because it was definitely different from all the other cohorts at Loma Linda, Mm -hmm. even now, because they're probably maybe fully transitioned back into what it used to be. I don't know. I don't hear from a lot from that perspective, but Mm -hmm. all of our lectures were online, but our labs were in person. So it was definitely difficult. Like our first program with Loma Linda, we start off with gross anatomy. Okay. And if you fail that class, you fail the program. You're just out. Really? So you can't retake it, or nope. You try the next, wow. next, uh, next cohort the following year.
1: So you have to wait the entire year to basically yeah. get back in wow.
2: because it's your it's our foundation of mm-hmm. what we learn. It's what we use for critical thinking. So if you don't have that, it's kind of like well, we don't want to waste your time and money for all these other classes that you could possibly pass. But if you don't have that foundation, then it's probably better. Yeah. So, um, so lectures were online. But the labs were in person. So the funny thing is being a, a gross anatomy class during COVID in June, July of 2020, mm-hmm. the way, I don't know if they still do it this way, but we had four people in each group and we start off with like 65, 70 people and we graduated with like 50.
1: Just because like a lot of people dropped. Yeah. Because
2: of the gross anatomy and mm-hmm. so on. But there's four people per cadaver, and we had a ton of cadavers because Mm. it's a big medical school, obviously. So it was definitely difficult. Um, I just, it definitely made me the therapist that I am today. Um, I just, I'm so grateful for that opportunity. It was definitely a very, very difficult program. Mm. It was definitely harder than anything I've ever done my entire life. People will say, like, harder than your bachelor's. I'm like, five miles. Really? Because it's so focused on physical therapy. Health science it's like well we can take a stress management class, we can take biomechanics, we can take you name it. And some of them are nowhere near as hard as anything that I took
1: in So basically you get into this program because you have like a bachelor's background? So or can you get into the program before that?
2: Actually, that's the weird thing is we had maybe th- three or two people who are fresh out of high school in that program who've graduated and I know that they're working as therapists. Okay. Can you imagine being at 18? You're yeah. in like a program where you can set up your career and you're like, just kicking butt so well where you don't have to worry about like, you know, I, I understand this education system. I understand this and mm-hmm. that. And you've got to figure it figured out at 18. I didn't.
1: <laughs> no, I definitely didn't. I mean, even going back, cause, um, in s- school, because I went to Crafton for like my associates, and then uh, I'm still at Cal State right now. But um, even at Cal State, uh, some some of my um, I was going to say students, but that's not correct. <laughs> some of my classmates. There you go. Um, some of them are 18, right, in the classes that I'm taking, and it's like their first year at Cal State. And uh, it's just interesting to talk to them because it's 50-50 for sure. Some of them are like, oh, I got it figured out. I know what I want to do. I'm like, okay. The other 50% are the kids who are like, uh, I don't know what I want to do. I don't know why I'm here, but my parents are forcing me to be here. Mm-hmm. So, like, I either get a job or I go to school. Right. <laughs> they're or like, both. Or, or both, yeah. Um, so, they're like, that's why I'm in school. And I'm like, oh, okay. For those people, I'm just like, man, I hope you figure it out because uh, school is not cheap. So it's like, why waste, I guess, those years on something you don't want to do, or you don't know what you want to do, I guess. So
2: which school are you at? Uh,
1: so I'm currently at Cal State uh, San Bernardino. Oh, beautiful. So nice. I, uh, I'm going into a similar background with you. Uh, I'm majoring in um, psychology. Beautiful. And uh, I'm also majoring in kinesiology, so I'm nice. doing both. So, um,
2: Is there a specific route? Because I know there's so many things at kinesiology. Uh,
1: so um, the long-term goal would be, To be uh, sports psychology. Nice. Uh, And kinesiology helps me with that. Um, Right now, I'm a therapist for the uh, San Bernardino School District. Um, With my associate's degrees, I'm allowed to get into there. (laughs) I can't really go any further than that right now. But um, you know, the long-term goal would to be somewhere in sports because that's definitely where uh, definitely where my heart's at. Mm -hmm. You know, I can't really see myself just. Um, dealing with, I guess, the everyday problems. I guess, mm-hmm. as a psychologist, or you know, um, so yeah. But I get your point though about the eighteen-year-olds. I, I don't. I didn't know what I was doing at eighteen. I was. I definitely wasn't in school at eighteen. That's for sure.
2: Speaking to the effect of wanting to work with athletes. I've. Uh, so, <coughs> do you follow mixed martial arts at all?
1: Uh, just a little bit, and it's really the mainstream stuff. UFC. Gotcha. That's that's about it.
2: So like, I like Bellator too. All the other leagues too. Mm-hmm. I pretty much am a fan of just any combat sport. But going into the UFC because they have a performance institute in Las Vegas, and mm. so they have PTs on board. And I've I've messaged them. I've I've called somebody. And I'm like, do you guys have PTAs? I would love to heck like, even do an internship. Maybe see if I'm... that'd be awesome. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. I would love to. I don't know if that'd be a permanent goal, but I would love to work with the UFC and work with those athletes. I know that there's sometimes out there sports athletes. I know there's a couple of basketball athletes that will come into the mm-hmm. Performance Pope- Institute. I would just love to work with them and expand my knowledge from really high functioning t- totality of people who can do so many things. It's
1: a things. different level.
2: Exactly. Things that 99% of the population can't do. Mm-hmm. And just not only pick their brain, but just learn from them. And then hopefully they can learn from me about things. So. Mm-hmm it would just be fun to be around those i guess giants you know those huge people that people have awes and fa- you know mm-hmm. fans around the world basically
1: yeah so as a as a pta with Little university do you are you working um i guess for the public and for the students because so, i know it's also a school too right
2: so as soon as i graduated mm. i got my license and uh, October, well technically December. And then I started working as a travel therapist in twenty
1: twenty two. Okay, I so you don't in work at with no, okay No, I all
2: tried right. and then they called me back a little too late. So my first real job I was a travel therapist. I was working in do you know Merced, California?
1: I do. Oh, I've never sorry. been there. I'm but sorry. I, <laughs> I'm but I do know it. I'm
2: kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's an hour north of Fresno and that was okay. my my first real real time as a physical therapist assistant. Hmm. And was actually one of the most fun times of my life. i worked with wonderful therapists, an occupational therapist, a CODA, two PTAs, one who I admire so much because I just thought she was the complete package, somebody who's just really cool, mm-hmm. and just somebody I admire the most to this day. She, had a, she has an awesome soul. And then, because <clears> <throat> now I work in outpatient, so from going nursing home to outpatient, two different ball... different Yeah, ballparks by like a mile so the difference that nursing home is from outpatient uh outpatient or i'm sorry nursing home you're trying to get them back home hopefully discharged to where if they need more therapy they can go to outpatient or if they have if they're not long-term long-term residents are usually like if they have weakness which they all tend to do Mm -hmm. bad balance goals maybe gait which is walking you work with them on that that way they can just be a little more functional independent more independent improve their functionals of a, a, a activities of daily living okay and then so and then i went to outpatient as soon as i got back from washington last year and then i've worked with an array of wonderful wonderful therapists that have been just so blessed every job i've worked as a therapist i've just been enjoying my time expanding my horizon meeting new patients helping them to get their goal, end game goal and then going back to your question about students um i can eventually be a clinical instructor it just okay. takes five years of working as a therapist and a little window will just kind of ask like hey do you want to take a student they want to work at your facility for a little bit okay so eventually that if that happens because I kind of I kind of want to go back into travel therapy just because like we're looking right here we Ex-
1: explain that again. a little bit for people who might not know So what travel
2: therapy is kind of similar to a travel nursing I don't know what travel nursing does exactly but the way I did it is I pick uh, <clears throat> a company to work for and then they give me an array list of all these places you can work for. And mm-hmm. I just so happened to pick Merced. So you go up to a contract for 13 weeks, three months, okay. and then you get a per diem of food stipend mm-hmm. weekly, housing, and then an hourly wage. And the only thing that is taxed is your hourly. So your per diem for food and, health, or oh, that's food nice. and housing was tax-free. Which is, I really enjoyed that because when I did taxes this past season, I was like, oh, this is actually very beneficial. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, you do that for 13 weeks and if you really like the company you work for and then also like your medical traveling company you can extend a contract so I was in Merced from February till the first of July my first contract wasn't the best okay but I met somebody who she helped me get to another travel company and then they got me a pretty huge raise and I was very grateful for that and then now I work in outpatient and I I get paid pretty well. I'm not a bragging person. I'm just... I'm very happy where I'm at right now, but I, I there's think... There's a
1: piece that, of you that misses it, the traveling?
2: I do, because like, like I said, I'm looking at Yosemite. Yeah. And I, God, there's one of those national parks. I've been to a few, and I just... I want to be just going on the road and on my own again. And I think that's a goal of mine. One day. One day at a time.
1: I think the traveling aspect is just the, the selling point. I, I know for myself, like if... uh if I ever had, I guess, that opportunity in the psychology world that I'm in, if they're like, "Hey, let's like let's get you on the road and travel," I would do it in a heartbeat, for mm-hmm. sure. Mainly just because um, I know, I guess, everyone really says this, but like, you know, I love to travel. Like, so seeing new places, meeting new people, like, I'm all for it. And if I can get paid to do that, I guess in, in a way, like, I'm all for that. You know. And this
2: world <coughs> is like I, had, I was in Joshua Tree sometime in February, and one of my followers. Cause I posted it like where I'm at and he's like, man, you're looking at everything in the world. I'm, And I replied back to him like, this world is just so big and vast. Mm -hmm. And your time on this planet is so minimal. Why not see as much as you can and just be very grateful about the things that are here that not everybody else can see, not everybody else can have or Mm -hmm. taste like you can go somewhere new. There's maybe food that nobody else offers yeah so that's usually a selling point for me like well people aren't eating that why shouldn't i have so that's why i like to travel Mm
1: -hmm. yeah and i mean a job that pays you to do it that's uh like i said jack kind of a (laughs) no-brainer yeah i do it in a heartbeat so i i I, uh i agree with your sentiment about kind of missing in a a way um i guess the, the only thing with travel there's always the thing where you're just away from kind of everybody, like your family and stuff. That That's the part that, I guess, gets a lot of people, you know? But yeah,
2: that was hard being away from my nieces. I have two wonderful nieces, and even my my family, <laughs> my immediate family, my friends. Like, it, it was hard, but, like, I feel like I made a lot of growth Yeah, being on my own as my own human being. So that's what I look forward to in life is just growing
1: as a person. That's, that's a, a good way to look at it. And I think, like you said, growing as a person, um, I feel like sometimes we stop growing at a certain age in a way you're just like ah like i know everything i'm done kind of learning i guess um but i'm always drawn back to like those um people that i meet that are like even older than me and like they're either in my class now as a student and that to me is kind of like wow like you're like 50 55 which you know i guess some people might be offended that I call that really old, but for me, you know, it is. I'm only 30, so I'm like, I can't even imagine myself at 50, 55 right now. But <clears throat> just seeing them kind of like come back to school and like want to learn, I'm like, oh, I respect that. Because I don't know if I'd want to do that at that age, you know?
2: By a program, I think, Dr. Ron mentioned how they weren't in my specifically cohort, Mm -hmm. but they had like this 62 year old who was like a mechanic for all of his life. And he got tired of just working with his hands. He's like, I want to go do something else. Mm. So he went into the PTA program at Loma Linda. And I think now he works, uh, what is called PRN, which as needed. And Mm. that's usually what pays the most without benefits. So you work under 40 hours, you don't get the benefits, but you get a high stipend because you're not there all the time so yeah. i think that's what he does and i thought that was beautiful and like i love that for when people like yeah he probably made some good money as a mechanic he learned a lot of things sure. you know his forms were as stout as possible but he wanted to go learn something he didn't want to stop that growth yeah because i think that's what happens when we stop growing as a human being we stop challenging ourselves yeah and i think we should always challenge ourselves because that's where you your next potential comes on mm. so i really loved to that story for somebody who's like 60 plus and still yeah learning and growing as a human being because that's what I think life is about.
1: I agree with you. Now let's get back to a little bit of your PTA. So for people who don't know, I guess, and people who are listening who are maybe thinking about physical therapy, like what's the difference between a PTA and I guess like the physical therapist uh, who's like, I guess, above you in a way?
2: So yes, I work under the (coughs) physical therapist. I'm just the assistant. The physical therapist will do evaluation. Hmm. Evaluation is like if you're in an outpatient facility say if you come in with shoulder pain it's his job to figure out what exactly is going on your range of motion your strength and then pretty much create a plan of care for me to carry out okay and then he will do also a progress note which i won't do after like maybe 12 sessions and then a discharge to get you out of the facility i just see the patient every day or however times they come in i see them i do their daily note which is pretty much like it it goes to their insurance, but the insurance doesn't really check in on it. They really care about the eval, eval to see what's going on, how much they got to cover, the mm-hmm. progress notes, seeing where they're at, and then hopefully when they can get discharged soon, and then the discharges. But I'm trying to work towards that discharge to get them back to whatever they were
1: doing. Okay, so you're like basically the one on <clears throat> excuse me, you're the one-on-one person that's working with them. The physical therapist like above you really isn't doing that.
2: Uh, so the pt <clears throat> I work with, because I the facility I'm at. They moved me from Murrieta to Temecula. Murrieta is a very busy one. Okay. I'm more at a one-on-one, which is a lot nicer. I prefer that because that's what I feel like therapy should be. The PT or the owner, he does. He sees the patients. He sees, like, cardiac rehab. I don't. I don't. Uh, I like learning about the heart, but not to that effect. Hmm. But he does see patients. He'll do evals the same day, and he'll still treat patients. Not the same eval and treat that same day, but he'll still treat somebody else that day. So he's still very hardworking. Therapist. Very hands-on still. Yes. He's not the business owner. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah. That's nice because <clears throat> I always uh I kind of like that in people who are in different fields that are more like hands on instead of yeah. I guess I mean I understand if you have to delegate sometimes but I don't know kind of being hands on is is nice sometimes it kind of shows I think people like that that you still kind of care you know
2: and what makes that different from nursing home <coughs> is, is like the PTs will still do an eval and maybe they'll see patients but it, like it got to the point in my last job where our therapist who actually went to Loma Linda in central California out of all places who have uh, went to Hanford. Hmm. So we needed a PT cause he needed to do the progress notes. Cause if you don't get those progress notes done, I can't see the patients facility won't get paid facility wants to get paid. So yeah. they need the PT. So we draw in a PT from Madera and that's about 40 minutes South. And that doesn't sound like too bad, but if you have your own caseload in Madera and then you got to go up to Merced. Yeah. And I hear he's still doing that. So I'm like, I'm, like hey good for you if you can do that i'm just like get another pt in there to help him out that way he doesn't have to come in and do all these papers
1: mm-hmm. so. yeah that's true make it easier on yourself exactly make it easier um so my next question for you is you know your school now you're working um it sounds like you're still very fresh in that industry yes. in a way um so i guess school work um if, or if you want to combine the two You know, what do you think was like your biggest struggle through like all of it, like through your journey, I guess?
2: So I would say just as a whole Mm -hmm. with having ADHD, um, I was very, very hyper because it's a hyperactive disorder. I was Mm -hmm. very up and down the boulevard in elementary school, had to get held back in first grade because it was just I was just. Not that I was reckless, but like I couldn't sit down and focus. Hmm. I think I have a cap on that much better than before. And then middle school kind of slowly waded away, but it didn't really wane away until, I would say, college years like at San Marcos as an undergrad, and then definitely by uh time I got to Loma Linda. I was still taking my Adderall because I needed it to focus down a little bit more because the classes in Loma Linda were much harder. Mm-hmm. But ADHD as a whole has pretty much been my difficulty Mm -hmm. not that it's been like my Achilles I think there's some benefits to it but like it's made me who I am today Mm -hmm. and then like a recent struggle I would say just that whole pandemic of trying to learn online and then the the world doesn't know what's going on there's so many what ifs and whatnots and whatever and then just trying to learn and then deal with your own struggles aspects and then just trying to be the best student you can Mm -hmm. that way you can be a good therapist that type of thing so ADHD has been my life struggle but I think Mm -hmm. I've gotten Better on it and then recently just i would say COVID and lockdown trying to learn how <laughs> that went so.
1: i think the i think the COVID thing was just or i think it'll be interesting in like 15 20 years when they kind of have like all the research and they kind of look back right on COVID for the last i guess what two years really um especially when the uh, especially when it comes to education mm-hmm. kind of like you talked about like how a lot of stuff was online it was hard to learn um I mean, I had nephews and cousins and people in school, you know, that were like middle school or maybe a little younger, and they were just like passing people, like, because the kids weren't paying attention online, so they were just, they were just like skipping basically a whole grade, because they're like, we're not going to make you come back, you know, and you barely want to pay attention online, so I'm just curious to see, like, I guess the long-term effects of that, you know, or even people in college who... You know, I heard so many stories and, and ran into people that did it. That you know, they were just basically like cheating on every class because it's just a Zoom class and the test is online, so I can. But it's like, well, did you learn anything though? I was exactly. like, especially in whatever profession you're gonna do, I'm just like, wouldn't you rather <laughs> know it and instead of, I guess, being stumped like 10, 15 years later because you never paid attention, I guess, in that class. So I'm curious to see that.
2: And I do ask my patients, especially the younger ones, cause we have all age groups. Mm-hmm. So like, I like to ask the people who are about to graduate or maybe they're in college. And cause like, if you think about it, if my patients who are about to graduate high school, mm-hmm. they might've been a freshman or maybe eighth grade. So I like to figure out, hone in on that. Like, Oh, what happened during that time? What, what was your perspective? And mm-hmm. like, they'll say like, it was a lot of online or maybe I didn't talk to a lot of people because you're so isolated. Mm-hmm. So it was definitely different for everybody. There's Probably not a lot of people who were who can say it was a positive experience for them because the world was just in a whole upside yeah. down what ifs you know you name it it was like what, what's gonna happen tomorrow what's gonna be happen- different from two weeks from now
1: yeah I think the crazy part was the the craziest part was just the beginning because it was there was really no information. And then everyone, well, I mean, the government said, all right, two weeks. Right, and then I, that turned into... And then, yeah, that turned into, God, like, no one's working for, like, a year, two years, really. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, God. You know, that, that was weird. <clears throat> uh, for all those people, I feel bad. You know, I was able to work even during COVID, but um, for all the people that weren't able to, I don't know how they made it. I, yeah, I, I give them props. Patient. I don't know how they did it.
2: I have a patient. He's a retired particle physicist, but he was saying, like...
1: Wow, that's uh, I know that's heavy. <laughs> yeah. I know,
2: and he's like, there's this project that he was gonna start before the lockdown, mm-hmm. and he saw, he said he put like over 300 grand into this project. Him and his b- business partner, or you know, I'm sure he was also a particle physicist too. They got every they like they got approved for all these type of things. They got the machine to do all these type of things, and he said the lockdown messed that up, and then his partner didn't even know when the things were going to lift up so he had to withdraw the patient's still kind of annoyed about it to this day i would be 300 grand too but like if you're doing something that could maybe change the outlook of the world or humanity Mm -hmm. i would be annoyed too
1: yeah yeah because i mean uh, like i said that's an intense uh field so i'd imagine whatever he's doing is is i would assume monumental hopefully hopefully or he he at least thinks it could be Mm -hmm. um Man, I don't even I don't even know what that word means. Physicist I, yeah. uh, a particle physicist? I don't even know how to describe that. I mean, I, that's crazy. The
2: way I think of it, and I think what he subbed up to me is like, so we know that uh, <clears throat> electrons exist because they're outside the nucleus. Okay. And they're free floating. So inside the nucleus, you have your protons and your neutrons, and he's pretty much looking inside of that, past that point. I mean, but he's pretty much what he said was like. <clears throat> It's a real but unrealistic thing. You're trying to make something that doesn't because it's so far, far like it's so microscopic. Mm-hmm. You're trying to make something reality, but you can't see it. And uh, yeah. and I, every time I see him, I'm like, "How's the smartest man in the world doing?" And he looks around. And he's like, <laughs> "You must be talking about somebody else." I'm like, "No, I'm talking about you." But it's the fun he'd be, joke.
1: He'd be the person that I would I would probably uh, try to pick his brain exactly as much as possible because exactly. I was like, "Your field, uh, uh, yeah." It's out of this world, so I don't know. Yeah, I'd have to ask a lot of questions,
2: especially because he's older. So now that the technology that he
1: used, oh, that's true. Forty, he's in a whole new world now.
2: Exactly. So I love learning from him, and he's just such a very he's, he's very fun and practical to learn from, and just we we mess with each other because that's not that I mess with all my patients, but like when I get you for therapy, we're not gonna like yeah we'll talk about your injury like my goal is to get that out of your mind like yeah we're gonna i'm gonna make you laugh as much as possible because if i can make you laugh we're gonna have a good time so
1: that actually segues perfectly into kind of my next question about what can i like, say <laughs> my brain works yeah. one,
2: one time out of the day so uh, you got me when it works <laughs> about
1: your therapy you know um my approach yeah i guess you know like i guess um I, I have the question here like you know how do you motivate your patients because I don't think everybody wants to be there. Or I don't know if it really anybody wants to be there, right?
2: Some do. Um, <clears throat> from a nursing standpoint, a mm-hmm. lot of them are so deconditioned. Granted, it could have been COVID. It could be their lifestyle. It could have been their comorbidities. Mm-hmm. Um, a whole array of spectrum that could have happened to them. A lot of them are just, unfortunately, not the most happiest. But once you find what we call that therapeutic bond, that mm-hmm. breakthrough – like, I had this patient, he's no longer with us, uh, rest in peace, he was up there in age, and he'd fought in World War II, and he lived through the 40s and 50s, wow. and he wouldn't want to do therapy, but, like, if you bribed him with food, or, like, for me, i talked to him about the 40s, the 50s, okay. tell me what you saw through the war, tell mm-hmm. me what life was like when you came wow. home, because if I just want to say, hey, I want to work on your balance, it's like... Yeah, I don't want to get up out of bed for that.
1: Does it sound kind of like uh, in, in ingenuous kind of in a way? Disingenuous? Yeah, disin- yeah. thank you. Disingenuous. So,
2: like, for me, <clears throat> and I also learned this from a travel therapist. He was hilarious, and he was, like, he was a PT system assistant, but, like, I just learned ways to approach people much differently. Like, for example, he would do an eval, mm-hmm. and when he was done with them, he would just jokingly with them, say, like, okay, I'm going to bring in your physical therapist to do your eval. And they're like, What? And he's like, yeah, I'm just the janitor here. So he'd say <laughs> things like that. So like that will gave me ideas of like how to not mess with patients. I don't want to th- make them seem like I'm picking on them. But better. make
1: it a fun environment.
2: Exactly, because I yeah. don't want to be like, we're gonna do this exercise, and they be like, ugh. Or maybe they're like, I just did that, or uh, or for some reason or the other. For me, it's like if we're not laughing, or heck, I even talk about food with my patients. All about 99% of the time, we're talking about food. Uh, exactly, and. So that'll get the buy-in approach much easier than like, oh, your shoulder hurts or Mm. your knee hurts. What did you do? That type of thing. Because if I ask them, what did you do? It's like, I'm blaming them. So Mm. I want to just make it whatever that duration of their session is, the most fun time that they have in their day. Because like, you know, life's just can be so hard. People maybe have bills. Everybody's got bills. People have got this. They got that. Maybe they got kids or maybe they got it. Their struggles are worrying. And if they got to come into therapy and they're like, Oh, I got to do this. this guy's going to make me do this thing. Like, no, we're going to have fun with this.
1: And also takes time out of your day. Uh, and it's kind of like what well, you talked about bills and family and, and kids and all that. So it's like to add this thing that doesn't, I think a lot of people would probably say it doesn't benefit them. Right. Or it could be daunting. Or it could be daunting. Like, even though in the long run, like, yeah, they could benefit them. Right. The therapy. But for them, they just see it as like a, uh, um, inconvenience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. And
2: that's why, like, I feel like whoever you're with and like, even at my facility, that work <coughs> we have fantastic therapists. I, I admire them to the top, to the bottom. Cause they're just, they're each their own person. And I, no matter who I have a patient, I can ask them a question about. Or, like, I even have m- my mom go into this certain therapist because, like, mm. I know she's just so smart. And, like, I don't know a lot about what's like the SI joint where my mom's having pain. So I'm like, if anybody's going to have an answer, it's going to be this therapist. So I send my mom to that person because she's just smarter than I ever will be at that area.
1: Mm. So. Are you, uh, I'm just always curious about this in any field. Are you, like, one of the youngest people uh, in your office or no?
2: As the therapist, yes. Really? Okay. Yes. Um, uh, the one who just went on maternity leave, I think she was maybe a year or two <coughs> or older than me. Mm. And then the next oldest would have been a couple years older. And then the other ones are s- not significantly older, but they're, they've they been a therapist for a while. So, uh, yes, as a therapist. But there, we have a couple of aides that are much younger than me. So, mm.
1: I always just ask that question just because... Um, as, as you get older or you, I guess, talk to older people, just depending, um, I guess, on their perspective. <clears throat> uh, age is always one of those topics that people bring up that, like, uh, you could be a professional or, like, the expert, I guess, in your field, but if you're young, people are like, ah. Like, that's the part I don't really like, I guess, about age. That's why I ask.
2: Yeah, there's been a couple you know? of those, and I actually had that recently within this week, and she was like, I was expecting, because I had my other knee replaced, so I was expecting to do the same thing here. I was like, nope, I got to keep you on your toes. And then, yeah, of course, I made her, kept laughing, so I yeah. made her therapy much different from anybody else. Because if you're doing the same exact therapy as this therapist, that therapist, that therapist, and they're all the same, mm-hmm. well, this doesn't seem fun. <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: I don't know. I want to do different things that maybe other people I haven't thought of or have thought of, and they're like, this has worked for therapist B but maybe not work for Therapist C. So Therapist C is going to try this over that. Yeah. So that's what I try to incorporate into my my training, I guess, or whenever I rehabilitate people.
1: I guess the best way to put it, you're really trying to find an indiv- individual plan for everyone. Because like, everyone's different, and everyone's yes. going to take, I guess, working out of therapy differently. So you each,
2: each person will have their own plan <laughs> of care, and some are much different. Some are like, maybe get back to working without pain or summers or just get their strength to this amount or so, so on. so I got to create my own plan of care to carry it out mm-hmm. upon what the therapist has created.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's good that you said that cause it immediately took me back to my own physical therapy when I was in high school. So I had uh, dislocated my knee in, nice. uh, in, pra- in practice, uh, during basketball season. Um, uh, I, I want to say I had about, I think I had about two months of therapy and it was, it was like two to three days a week. Um, cause we were also trying to like kind of amp it up quick, quicker, uh, right, than longer. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, um, I would say the therapy was, um, it was, it was kind of good and kind of bad at the same mm-hmm. time. 'Cause I uh, I had like an older gentleman who was who was doing the therapy for me. But I think he was at that point to where like he was kind of on his way out the door when it comes to maybe like retirement. So I think he was just like just trying to put me through and like get out. Right. Um so I was kind of upset about that. But <clears> the <throat> one thing the reason that popped into my head was um I don't remember the name of the machine, but you might you might know it. It's it's like little sensors, and they put it on my knee. It's like little sensors that pulsate. Yeah, NMES. Okay, thank you. All or right. tens, whatever. So I never asked my therapist, but I've always been curious about it. what is the purpose of that machine exactly, so, especially for injuries like that. I didn't, I so, didn't really understand why it was a part of my plan.
2: So there's a difference. There's tens unit, which can be more for like pain control, and then NMES, and NMES is neural muscular electrical stimulation, and. This is a fun fact that I love telling every now and then. I'm so glad I, I asked. It from it. Uh, our electrotherapy class. Okay. And the instructor goes, yeah, "This is NMES is also known as the Russian TENS control unit, basically. And I think it was 1984. I don't know the exact Olympics from previously, but the Russians were using NMES for strengthening muscles beyond their point of what it can do. And then also okay. <laughs> they were taking off-brand... Non-approved things like steroids. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So okay. they're using, they're combining those things to create superhumans, basically. Okay. So wow. Like, I never knew this. This about is this. called the Russian because of this. What happened so long ago? So yes, the NMES. So you say if you have an injured <coughs> knee, and then like for you, it was mm-hmm. a dislocated knee. So we probably want to strengthen the quads. Granted, not to say the hamstrings aren't uh, viable, but let's just say the quads. Mm. So you're gonna put four electrodes, make like an X, mm-hmm. and the idea is to Facilitate uh, contractions. And then mm-hmm. while it's contracting, you're going to contract at the same time. So, if it's this is when you contract your quads. Mm-hmm. So, if it's firing off, I'm going to have you do an exercise while it's contracting, while you're contracting the same exact time. Okay. And then it's going to ho- hopefully what is called hypertrophy, you know, for muscle growth. Mm-hmm. And then just use that as a way to strengthen you and get you back to activities of daily living for you. So, it's almost like a shortcut in, in a way. In a way, but. I think there's a reason why the newer generation, we don't use a lot of modalities, Uh, ultrasound, okay. STEM, IFC, you name it. We don't use it because a lot of the research hasn't really backed it up or like hot packs or cold packs. Um, Those are great for acute injuries. Like if something happened like a a day or two ago, but the best thing for you is going to be movement in general. Mm -hmm. So, cause a lot of times say if I injured my wrist, if I snap somebody down from from wrestling or something, a lot of times people will just guard it and then they won't yeah. want it to move. Mm-hmm. Well, adhesions can form up. And then next thing you know, lack of range of motion, the strength, that type of thing. So I understand what, like for me, I had an injury too from a jiu-jitsu and I was like not moving. Yeah. <laughs> but the best thing for you in general is to
1: move. To move.
2: Because we're human beings. We've never been made to be stationary. Yeah. So ever since we've came out of the caves, we've been doing – everything you can think of the things that created what we have now to this day.
1: And that's, I mean, I'm sure you probably see it in, in your field. That's probably one of the, the things that happens the most, uh, nowadays, because, uh, I think our office cubicle jobs were never meant for us. And we sit for eight hours a day. And then most of us, <clears throat> uh, after those eight hours a day, sitting in an office, we just go home and sit on the couch. And then also, like, and so you're so stationary, you're not moving,
2: you're stationary, and also as you, the entire day you sit, like, because I've been told my posture's not the best, so mm-hmm. thanks for that one therapist. She'd always not always mess with me, but I get it. So she's like, I don't like your posture. <laughs> I was like, wow, you're very nice to me. She's
1: trying to help you, man.
2: No, I was like, we, well, we'd be going on a hike and she'd take pictures of me, I'm like, your posture's horrible. I was like, oh, are okay, you, are you just saying this like to show me the pictures or are you trying to be cute? I'm just kidding, yeah, but like. So going back to the people who would sit around the computer all day, mm-hmm. you start out here, it's like eight o'clock, 10 o'clock, 11, 12, 13, you name it. Yeah. And I say 13 is a military time. That's what I was used to. So, okay. and then as soon as you try and get up, you everything's hurting. So for mm-hmm. me, every time I learn that patients, if they're on the desk or they're in a cubicle, I always recommend a standing frame for their laptop. Cause two of our therapists at the other facility have it. And a standing frame basically is, you, it's a collapsible, like, bench that you can put your laptop or even computer upon okay so when you stand up it's creating proper posture
1: Hmm. and actually it glides up right yeah okay i I believe i've seen those
2: yeah those are really cool and i don't have one but i have one like the smaller one that's for my laptop where it kind of props up a little bit higher so
1: what do you think about the people who've added those because i've seen those desks before but i've seen people now add um, those little walking pads underneath their working desk. Have you seen those?
2: Basically, like a treadmill, <laughs>
1: yeah. It's a it's a really tiny, yeah, treadmill. Basically. Um, and they've it's kind of like connected to the desk now. I've seen a few like videos of people doing it, and these are mainly people who work at home because I don't, I don't, I don't know how many businesses would want all their workers doing this, but because they have to pay for that, yeah, yeah, that's happened. yeah, that's a great point, too. Uh, so I've only really seen that people who work at home and like, yeah, they're they. Basically this treadmill company made like a desk that now has that thing that pops up and also there's a walking pad and you can just you know you can turn it off and on. Um I just don't know. I understand the standing part. I can get with that. I just don't know if I could work comfortably for like 8 hours walking or you know. Like,
2: the question know. is does it work like cuz save it's connected to your laptop? Does it turn on while you're moving? Cuz then true. I would support that like hey you're moving. Yeah. So, I don't know. <laughs> could you
1: work comfortably, though? I guess continuously walking. I'm I guess that that that's the fact the, that I guess your that's the point.
2: lower extremities are moving. But, yeah. Because, like I said, it's better to move than not move. But I don't know. I guess I'd have to look on PubMed to see what they yeah. believe. Because that's where I get my a lot of my research from. and I Because I don't just pull this out of anywhere. I'll, mm-hmm. I still have my textbooks next to me at work. So, oh, well. if I want to reference something, I'll point something out.
1: You definitely... Uh, I don't think I remember seeing books at therapy. That's, <laughs> no, that's smart of you I to keep it there. there. That's nice. They're, just, they're not where you think they're at. Oh, okay. All right. Maybe I just didn't pay attention. Because
2: even my other therapist, and he's 60 years old, and he just hmm. transitioned from nursing home as a director of rehab to outpatient. And he has his therapeutic exercise book next to him. Whenever he has time, he's looking at things for patients. So I kept mine next to me. I have my, uh, my boards book. So my boards book was pretty much all the information to pass my license exam. So okay. I have two things there. Um, and, then,
1: and I guess in that field you there's probably always new techniques coming out every day, right? Or no.
2: Um maybe. I follow a lot of physical therapists online. Like I have a patient, she has a la- she had labrum surgery. She elapsed hip abduction, hip abduction is to draw your leg away from the body.
1: Okay. That's that's when it goes so the out. Side. Yeah, yes. okay.
2: And she's off by about 10 degrees. So I found this exercise online where you lay on your side and your back's against the wall and then you have a towel against the wall and you're just going up mimicking that same exact motion. Cause you can stretch it too, mm-hmm. stretch your glute meds and that'd be great. But I like to stretch and then do something functional moving. So
1: as a physical therapist, now I'm curious, what is your opinion on, I guess the fitness industry nowadays?
2: I mean, I I love what they're doing. Mm-hmm. They're, I think for me, I just want people to be happy and healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really pay attention to what they do, but if they're promoting for them to, like, hey, get in the gym, come come work out three or four times a week, I'm all for that.
1: I guess the big thing, too, about the fitness industry is is our physical therapists pro or con on, I guess, trying to lift as much weight as possible? Because a lot of times it's where if people aren't doing it correctly, that's where they get hurt.
2: I would say about 50-50. Um, all my therapists I've worked with are – pro for what uh, personal trainers do mm-hmm. uh, maybe there's some things that are not super exact that's like maybe there's some things that are off mm-hmm. that personal trainers do that other pts that do that's probably just semantics at this point but i'm all for me trying to discharge them I and mean, if they want to go work out of the gym and they want a personal trainer mm-hmm. go get one but uh i had a point to this and i just totally forgot but it'll okay. come <laughs> back to me in an hour from now anyways
1: you can text me. <laughs> yeah. I'll just have you I'll, text I'll exactly. add it into a uh, note. That'll be the, the intro. Like, this is what he wanted to point <laughs> out. <laughs> I'll add it into a note. Okay. Um. I, uh, the other one that I'm always curious about, too, is CrossFit. Um, mainly just because I've, only, I've done it, a, like, twice, but I didn't like it, so I stopped. Um, mainly because of the injuries. Because the CrossFit thing just seems... I don't know. To me, it seems ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, I, understand that. I, I don't know if I don't know if physical therapists think the same thing though. Um, because <clears throat> it's a lot me, of swinging.
2: Me personally, I don't. Cause I I did it for going into my junior year of wrestling, mm. and I just wanted to be strong because that's where I cut the most weight. So I wanted to be just fit at that weight class. I'm mm. a big fan of it. Obviously, not a big fan of injuries, but yeah, cause that was a little bit of my background and. Uh, I enjoy doing that stuff. I haven't done it since then, but mm-hmm. I'm not against it. There's just certain things like, now that I think about it, what a traditional pull-up is, I just feel like a kipping pull-up, it's the swinging ones. Not the most. Yeah. It's weird to me. Yeah. I feel like your serratus, cause that's primarily what trains mm-hmm. your pull-ups, the serratus anterior, which is the boxer muscle. It's the one on the side and your trapezius a little bit. I mean, it's mostly trapezius. I mean, sorry, serratus, trapezius, and pectoralis minor, but I feel like serratus is the main standing point. Mm. But the other two are synergists, but not to say that they don't get involved. The kipping, I feel like, just throws it out because you're not going into that upward rotation and back down. Mm. Because when you go into upward rotation, when you're up the top and then you swing out, it's like you lose that eccentric phase where your muscle growth is.
1: See, yeah, okay, so we agree on that. And like like I said, I'm not an expert on any of that fitness stuff but that alone i thought about because i was like it's just weird i'm not I, yeah i feel like i'm not getting the same uh i don't know same workout i guess
2: yeah because where your muscle growth is like i said the eccentric phase it's where everything is elongated or mm-hmm. stretched out with resistance and you got to control it to a certain extent if you're pulling up and just going back and forth mm-hmm. i just don't see how the serratus the trapezius Uh, and the pectoralis minor are really working as efficient maybe Mm. there's a study maybe there's an emg control study out there i'll have to look into it but that's just my own personal belief but like crossfit as a whole you're doing kettlebells
1: yeah a lot of crazy i would say actions in there i would say not everything is bad there like i guess that's one thing i should say but some of them just like i don't see the i don't know the benefit or the just i guess the injury part is the part that uh i think scares me the most just because mm-hmm. most people i know who do crossfit they always have some crazy injury and i'm like oh mm-hmm. shit and just because some something to do with swinging it's usually something to do with swinging well <laughs> i'll put this in another perspective <laughs> usually
2: name me a sport that doesn't have injuries well that's fair so that's true i think that's gonna be part of no matter what his pickleball like i have patients who were injured in pickleball that's a I've, fun sport to play.
1: I've never played pickleball, oh, but man. I know it's been getting popular now. Yeah. I've i noticed that.
2: I played that a couple of times with a classmate of mine at okay. Loma Linda, and it was fun. I was like, oh, I didn't know this was a thing. So,
1: I just recently, I think, learned about it just because of uh, the NBA, actually, because some, some players were buying a team that is a part of a pickleball league, which I didn't even know there was a pickleball league. So
2: If you got the money for it, go ahead.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, th- that's kind of what I said when I saw the news about it. I was like, oh, okay. I didn't know what pickleball was, though, until that moment. I <laughs> didn't know it was a thing. I always thought of it as a, uh, I thought it was kind of like badminton, but I was totally wrong. <laughs>
2: I feel like it's a combination of badminton and ping pong. Yeah, yeah
1: so. that's a good way to put it, ping pong, too. It's <clears throat> a lot of fun. <laughs> ping pong, yes, I agree with that one um well now we're kind of winding down a little bit um before I ask like the the last question I guess this could probably be tied into success as well but I have it here so I was kind of curious like um you know where I guess where do you think you would where would you want your career to be I guess in this field in the next five years you know this isn't hooked up to the success question I have later, but gotcha. um, I guess short-term goal is five years.
2: To be honest, when I get asked that type of stuff, I get a lot of anxiety because, like, really? okay, I have to really sit and think about like my life in five years from now, and like I'm a mm-hmm. person just to quote uh, Deadpool, or Ryan Reynolds, just be a better person each day. And like I remember when I did my interview for the outpatient job, I was telling them how like, I might just go back to. The- uh travel therapy and Mm. at first they were kind of hesitant on giving me a job and then they're like oh we'll just take a chance and if you want to go we'll support it and then when it came to my performance review they're like we thought you'd be gone by now and i was like really so i ideally i think i definitely want to go back to travel therapy but career-wise the next five years i'm definitely going to be still working as a therapist but going back to that I brought this up another the other day because I'm looking into it. I haven't done, this is like 5% of me that's done the research in this. about mm-hmm. being a canine therapist. I can't remember the exact cert, but I could work with dogs and animals and whatnot as for mm-hmm. physical therapy.
1: I didn't actually know they had physical therapy for them.
2: Yeah, I learned that from my first clinical. <clears throat> he brought that up and I thought that was really cool. So I thought that was really cool just to think about like, hey, I could work with Bob's
1: you big Pitbull.
2: animal person <laughs> Yeah. So big I, animal person oh, yeah big dog fan okay um, I was in Arizona about a month ago and I, I still kick myself to this day I was at a cafe getting breakfast and huh. I saw this hat that says uh, hold my drink while I pet your dog or pet this dog whatever and I was like that sums me up to a T okay. like I'm I'm the type of person who waves the dogs even if, even if they can't wave back <laughs> maybe in you know, a couple generations from now they'll Adapting way back, but oh
1: god, (laughs) sounds (laughs) like AI or something. Now, yeah, well, (laughs) I get you though. But yeah, so
2: canine research—I would love to do that just to expand my horizon from not only just humans, but learn about anatomy from dogs, what they have. So,
1: would would you have to go back to school for that exactly, or or no?
2: It's like a—it's I think an an eight-month program, and it's just three quarters and nothing too crazy. It's not like. You have, like, you have to know this to a T. It's like, yeah. you know, it seems like it's pretty lenient, but, like, you know, you'll still get your work in and you can get a cert. And I just like having other, not bragging points, but just other things that make me stand out as a therapist mm-hmm. slash human being.
1: Yeah, and, I mean, more job opportunities for sure. That or, too. With the more certifications, yeah. Exactly. So, that always helps.
2: Yeah, I just, that's what I want to do is I don't want to be just known as <clears throat> this guy's, known for his shoulder rehab or cervical rehab i want to be above and beyond that so Mm, that's why i like
1: that it's a good way to um i think live for sure
2: that's also why i worked outpatient as soon as i got out of the the nursing or i'm sorry the nursing home job Mm -hmm. was just because i don't want to lose the skills that i've already learned at school through Mm. outpatient and then the ones that i've already done from nursing granted i could go do acute care which is uh, in the hospital people who just get fresh out of surgeries work on them like mm. day of or home health when they get discharged from wherever and then they may not be ready for outpatient or there are other things so you work on them in their home in that perspective and then yeah just want to be all-around therapist like a i
1: was gonna say stuff. basically in one way basically in a sense you don't want to be just like stuck in one lane i guess you exactly
2: that kind of gives me a lot of anxiety because it's like i made it But now what? And I was just like, I don't like that. It's like, now you got to go drop dead, Even though like, granted, I'm still, I'm 28, and like, you know, God can pull the rug out from any of us any day. Of course. Or like, the way I think about it is I'm not ready to be done. It's like, I'm still ready to learn, develop, and what we talked about earlier, why I feel like people stop growing is not challenging ourselves. Yeah. So.
1: I I think, uh, I think our generation, maybe even the, the younger ones below us, like, uh, I think we've all kind of come into that mindset about kind of doing um, different things kind of all at once, I guess, or just mm-hmm. being good or maybe experts in just different types of things compared to, say, maybe our parents or grandparents. Because back then, it was like you learned one thing and you did it for the rest of your life. That was it, right? And I feel like us, we've kind of like broken away from that. We kind of want to do a little bit of everything, you know? Um yeah, I, I, that's the way I view it. I, I could be wrong, but at least that's my perspective. This is more of like a fun fact about
2: physical therapy and like adaptations of over time. Like <clears throat> we have this muscle in our hand called the palmaris longus, and it's the middle tendon right here I'm looking at that my you hand. see. And... Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, hmm. it pretty much goes onto the hand, carpal bones when it inserts. Okay. It looks like, and I always remember this, it looks like a thing of cheese, but... I have a point to this. I'm not just bringing up cheese. No, it's okay. I love, I love food. Um, <laughs> on the cadavers, a lot of them have two palmaris longuses, left and right. And as generations have gone, I, I still have two. But like a lot of my classmates, they only had one. And I always like to beg the question, like, what hmm. are we doing this generation, or maybe whatever they're in their family tree, that their, their ancestors didn't do, to where they only have one palmaris longus now? And it's like just something fun to dabble in. I brought that in when I TA'd the anatomy for her. I was like, this isn't like a question that you'll get on your exam. Because a lot of times, like, so hypervigilant exam. I'm like, just relax, you know. Mm -hmm. Just think about this muscle. Like, this is just out of pocket. Like, why would... Just give me a fun fact. Why do you think that muscle's not in us anymore?
1: I think that's honestly... I think that's in a lot of things in our body. Because the first thing that comes to mind is uh, our teeth. I always think about... Like, when you were talking about that, I didn't know that about the wrist, but now that I know that fact, I'm going to have to remember it. Uh, like, our teeth, like... Um, uh, at least what they say in research and stuff is, like, the wisdom teeth. Like, back in the day...
2: Nobody was getting it extracted. <laughs>
1: yeah, back in the day, no one's getting extracted, or, like, generations ago, like, our jaw apparently was big enough for all those teeth, and we used those teeth because back in the day i guess caveman day all those all those like you know we ate more meat mm-hmm. and we needed those extra teeth right and now over the years since we've i guess evolved or progressed however you want to put it or evolved i don't know um <laughs> some people might have or devolved. evolved who <laughs> you knows some people just you know kidding. now we don't need those teeth I you know th- so that's why we can take them out now i think from yeah. what
2: i read because i i'm a big avid reader like mm-hmm. that's just a fun hobby of mine I think I read somewhere where it was like the reason why we're getting our wisdom teeth removed and that could be somebody who knows a lot more than say this is probably <laughs> not true or well in the ballpark but mm-hmm. the reason why because it goes back to the cavemen like they weren't cooking their food yeah they were hunter gatherers they had to eat for that day and mm. I think those wisdom teeth were to extract the bacteria that were on the uncooked meat because, like you know, we weren't oh, actually we weren't chefs when we were yeah. many many generations ago. It was just eat to survive. And then now that we started cooking our food, we got more wiser. We learn more nutritional values. That teeth has basically become non-existent.
1: Hmm. I actually haven't heard that part about wisdom teeth, but that that could that could be think, real. That could make sense. Yeah, to pull Eddie <clears>
2: Bravo! <throat> it's entirely possible. So. Mm. He says that about every conspiracy theory in the world. He just says it's entirely possible. Just look into it. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I do love conspiracy theories, but I just don't believe all of them. But they are interesting to uh, at least look into. I
2: I remember talking to that particle physicist because he's like, you get on some of these things about what's natural, what's the middle of the ground, and Mm -hmm. then what the conspiracy theories is. And you're saying how the natural is what you have, the evidence that you have. (laughs) And then the conspiracy theorists, he was saying, guy like, they just take it to a whole new perspective. Yeah. But, like, the way I look at that way is, like, there's three stories to every side. Mm-hmm. Some people will like, it's your saying and their saying. Well, I'm think, thinking, like, if you and I got into a disagreement and then you went to go tell somebody that, your side, and I went to go tell somebody my side, there's the middle ground. Like, mm-hmm. I have my ground, what you, I'll say in that story. You'll have your ground on what you'll say. But somewhere in between... That third middle ground is the truth, really.
0: It's
2: That's the way I it. look at it.
1: It's a good way to put it. And I guess. <clears throat> I guess the part that sucks nowadays is like, is uh, uh, which is a, a reason why I love doing this podcasting and having all different types of people on is just because I think nowadays we've gotten away from like just having a normal conversation about things that mm-hmm. we disagree on or agree on without like. I guess yelling over each other, or killing, or trying to kill each other. I guess that's the point. And you know, no one has a rational conversation anymore.
2: And that's to be said about what separates <clears throat> like adult conversations from people who just like spew a bunch of nonsense. And like, mm-hmm. I'm the most opposite when it comes to politics. I hate every politic branch possible, just because I feel like each person's out for themselves. Mm. And. If you have a belief that's different from mine, I'm not going to shame you for it. There's just no reason to be like that. Because at the end of the day, we're human beings. We should all be cordial with one another. We should Mm want to know and learn about each other. And I I just don't feel like the right way of life is to block somebody off because one thing they believe is differently from everything else that you guys agree on.
1: And that's the problem nowadays is that happens every day. And we have like,
2: people arguing what's better, Burger King or McDonald's. I'm like, they're both <laughs> garbage. Like, let's not, we shouldn't be even eating that stuff. Either so. way, they're bad for us <laughs> exactly. in the long people run. Exactly. People are at each other's throat over fast food. Yeah. So, like...
1: <laughs> Either way, it's uh, not good for your health in the long run. Yeah. I uh, agree. I have
2: a question for you. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. What is your end game goal for this podcast?
1: Well, um, I guess I can start really at the beginning. My beginning of this podcast was and it's still the same is kind of what we just talked about having like rational conversations is so i'm sure you listen to other podcasts which i i do as well um but a lot of the big podcasts that are, i guess are that are worldwide really um you know they bring on celebrities mainly you know famous people which is cool and all right um there's you know no no hate to them uh but you know the famous people and influencers whatever you want to call them it's a very small percentage of the population right it's like maybe 1% right mm-hmm. so we will we'll listen to their podcast but we in a way can't relate to their stories because we're not you know we're not in that world right so I feel like it's kind of an, um just not a conversation we can relate to right and it's cool to listen to but other than that we don't really get anything from it we don't get anything I guess information that maybe we could use Um, Stuff that's relevant Stuff that's relevant, yeah, exactly So I started the podcast and I wanted to bring on People from just all different walks of life Different ages, whatever it could be I wanted to bring like the everyday Person I guess, right Because for most of the population that's What we are, we're an everyday person, right Not everyone's going to be famous So by bringing all those people on And sharing their stories Maybe their struggles, their professions Whatever they wanted to share It would really show, you know, that a lot of us are all like we maybe think the same way. Mm-hmm. We're more like than maybe what the media and news tells us that we are. In media and news, they're always showing us that we're all divided, you know, etc., like, etc. Cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. Right? So with the podcast, that was my goal is to just show everyday people's lives, their stories, and that <clears throat> there's a lot of people that probably think alike or have the same struggles or are interested in maybe the same thing. So like for you, for instance, like physical therapy. Um maybe there's people listening to this episode that were interested in physical therapy maybe they don't know all the, about it or maybe where to start or what it may look like or their opportunities like <clears throat> I'm, for me I didn't know that physical therapy uh could travel like a traveling physical therapist so I'm sure a lot of people listening today are like oh wow I didn't even know you maybe could do that that could be their future route Yeah right <clears throat> I thought for most physical therapists, ah, you're in a hospital setting, because that's the only physical therapy I ever did, mm-hmm. you know, and I guess that's just because I was fixated on that, right, um, so by bringing everyday people, I think people listening to others who are more like them is better in the long run than them listening to, like, a famous person complaining, I don't know, mm-hmm. about something, you know, that address got ruined at a Million dollar party. I don't know. You know, it's just we're not going to relate to it. Um, so that's still the goal, and that's why I still do this. Um, now, long term, if this were to get, you know, big and I guess uh, recognition and a lot of people know it, right? Um, I'd be very happy for that without a doubt. Um, but if it's even if it stays kind of where it's at and it's just small and I, I still have guests coming on all the time I'd still be happy with that you know it's kind of what you talked about um with your job like money isn't the long-term goal but it definitely helps of course like I said if this grew into something like that I'm not going to complain about it right um but I don't want that to be like the focus I guess because I feel like sometimes when money is the focus on anything you do it kind of like derails you in a way and if you don't reach I guess that money point or money goal, you're almost like disappointed and maybe you change and you go off course now because you're like, oh, I'm not going to do this anymore because there's no money, right? Um So long-term goal, yeah. It would be nice to get this bigger. I guess the next goal would be, <clears throat> um, if I can do it, is move this out of the house. Yeah, I built a pretty good studio as best yeah, as I could. very pretty. I like the Um, it's very but homely vibes. Thank you. But I'd like to move it out to maybe like its own – private space somewhere in a town well I don't know what town but like a private space like almost like a almost like a business I guess um that would I would think would notch it up to an even more professional level than maybe what it is right now um so yeah long-term goal that's what it is um but where it's at right now I'm very very happy with it very pleased and it's uh it's been an interesting journey so far because i would say the first two months uh i didn't know anything about podcasting like i didn't know how to use any of this equipment so i went to youtube all that stuff mm-hmm. it's like i gotta learn how to use all of it i knew i wanted to do it and the next thing was i had to learn how to use all of it
2: which begs the next question because like <clears throat> you've had to done research obviously to do this you know you yep. listen to other podcasts but like for me what well, my takeaway is what this podcast is is what's different from everybody else. It seems like you're having all the guests from Inland Empire or in yeah. this county represent and yeah. just bring on like, hey, you know, we got somebody who's a teacher or a future lawyer or mm. if you had a mental health therapist on like well, that's in this county. And I love that. Mm. Is that really going to be that goal for here on out staying within the IE area?
1: I think... Long-term, if I had someone who, I guess, um, long-term, I guess if I had someone who was outside of the IE came to me, right, and said, hey, like, I want to be on the show, I'm probably not going to say no, if I'm honest with you. Um, but, and you know, it's funny, like, the Inland Empire thing, you're the first person to ask this for sure, Then the Inland Empire thing was never in my mind in the beginning when I first, like, started writing the show and, like, getting everything down, and it was never, like, a thought, it really, I didn't start thinking about it until, uh, maybe, like, my 30th episode, where I was, like, you know what, I'm, I'm really bringing in, like, an Inland Empire, I guess, community, because then I had, like, people from the Inland Empire, like, reach out on Instagram, like, hey, I want to be a guest, or, like, hey, I, I really love that, like, the alien empire is kind of getting like shine exactly. i guess um so yeah in, in in all honesty in the beginning i never thought of it like that but then now that it's kind of progressed that way i'm like oh wow like there's kind of a, a community here i never thought of it like that um but now that it's here i'm like okay yeah you know i'm, I'm embracing it i guess um yeah that's i guess that's the most honest answer that, i, I got know, for you
2: that's I'm a big fan of this podcast and like i've been telling my patients this week like yeah i'm gonna be on this podcast like if you have time please tune in and i'm just like i said i'm very humble to be here and i appreciate I being you being one more question okay where is that picture from or the painting right behind you that oh. foresty area just so glamorous um
1: so the mountain bike picture that is from santa cruz oh wow um one of their uh i i would say it's a park um but it's near, like, the Santa Cruz uh, University out there.
2: It's a very beautiful area.
1: It is. Um, me, and that's actually not me in the picture. That's my buddy. Oh, um, nice. I was behind him, and I just I just told him to stay still. I was like, oh, I want to get this picture with, like, the trees nice. and all so that. So that's your
2: picture that you've turned into a beautiful yeah. artwork. I love it.
1: Actually, all the other pictures here are my brother. Um, my brother is also kind of like an amateur photographer. So he's the one who took these pictures, and that's I just amateur, knew I man. wanted it for the uh i guess ambiance in the room These are, so he took them
2: i may not know a lot about photography but this is really well done yeah i think it's more of a i mean granted yeah. my information is limited but it's like a professional like especially when i look at the clouds going to half dome like, yeah oh my goodness
1: yeah he did a good job he did um, fantastic so yeah credit credit to him even the desk that we're working on uh my brother's very uh creative and very good with his hands he built the desk
2: well, I guess what this desk, it could turn into an I for the IE for the next future goal. You got a <laughs> T going, so. That's
1: true. Good. <laughs> You're right. You're right. I didn't think about it. Yeah. Yeah. So far, so good. Um, uh, any more questions before I ask you the very last one?
2: Um, this is more of a fun question for me. Okay. Favorite okay. food spots?
1: In like the IE? Or just in general.
2: I like I talk food to my patients, so I love learning everybody's favorite places to go eat, so I can go try it.
1: Favorite food spots. Um, you to be that are movie? you a fan of sushi? Of course. Okay. I'm, okay. I eat everything and everything. All, right, all right. So I love <laughs> sushi. It's definitely like in my top, probably three or two. Really. Nice. Uh, there's this great place in Yukaipa called Tuna Time. Tuna Time. Okay. Yeah, very good. It's in a little area that's um, it's kind of like a little marketplace. The marketplace has like a liquor store and like a Chicken spot, like a donut shop, a driving school. So it's kind of just like in an odd area of Eureka, but it's really good tuna time. It's really small. It's it's probably a little bit bigger than this, you know. It's pretty small, but it's very good. Um, I'm a big fan of sushi, tuna time. So that one's good. Um, one of my favorite places growing up. If you're in Lynn Empire or you're visiting. It's in Redlands. Um, me and my brothers and family used to go there all the time as kids, and we still go now. It's a, just a little Mexican uh, road stop place in Redlands by a dealership. Uh, it's called El Burrito.
2: I've probably driven past it because Redlands is right next to Redlands.
1: <clears throat> yeah, it's it's a little red building, and it's been there since like 1928 or something like that. It's real old, and it's next to this like Ford dealership. Um, and it's just Mexican food, and you just walk up to a window, pay order and then you walk like there's a, a few outside tables to sit but other than that you know it's more of one of those mexican restaurants where you just get in and then go or you eat in your car i guess at yeah, the I'm at the a, least I'm um a
2: huge fan of just eating at mom and pop stops yeah I yeah just,
1: mom and pop stops are usually the best
2: i've been let down my franchises so many times i'm just like whenever i go out, eat with people they're like let's go to here i'm like really like you want to go to let's just say uh not Chuck E. Cheese, but like that type of thing. Like I get what every, you mean, though. People, they know about it. I'm like, you know, why not go to the place that you've never been to, hmm. that maybe very few far and few between have not only been to, but it's actually really good, and you can support a local business. Yeah. Uh, I, that's always been a big no-brainer for me. Like, go to the places you've never heard of.
1: I get what you mean. Um, those are the two that come to mind right off the bat. Tuna Time. I'll have yeah. to write that down. Tuna Time and Yukaipa, very good. And El Burrito and Redlands, El very Brito. good. Yeah super or, easy to find they're like i said they're just small but yeah
2: they're good you ever eaten in the like the strip of uh old town redlands
1: uh yeah kind of in the like the bar area right there's that
2: little vicinity where it's like that little walkway like, yeah okay so there's um,
1: like darby's yeah darby's, darby's is really good <laughs> darby's and then um they opened
2: up like a oh, new man. whiskey place like as i graduated i went there before I, I left and it was really good i think it was more of like like whiskey american food but like distillery right i think so yeah it was just phenomenal i think i know what you're talking about oh my goodness and then there's a fantastic mexican food place to get next to it
1: there's another place in the alleyway uh cheese walla i've been there
2: yes they they're pretty good like everything cheese related Yeah, cheese capri suns they got it (laughs) i don't, but
1: they're pretty good (laughs) i like them too and even there's the other one that's new Um, there's like a
2: breakfast joint next to it that's pretty
1: good too yeah there's also another place, like, when you walk the into hey Cheese Wallet. Yeah, Hey Burger. Oh. Hey Burger. They're a little pricey. Everything's pretty good. much all the cart, but they're pretty good. Oh, my good. goodness, yeah. Uh, and then there's um Batter, ba- no, Batter Rebellion. It's like, like a, been there. it's like next to Cheese Wallet, like in the hallway yeah. right there. Um, It's it's only open at, like, night. They don't really open up during the day, but they're pretty good.
2: What was a tradition of mine on Thursdays? Because <clears> at Loma Linda, we're at... The school was SDA, so they would be Monday through Thursday, and then Friday would be off. And then for weekends, every Thursday I would just take myself out for a place to eat in Redlands mm. and have a glass of wine and just like relax after studying.
1: You can't really go wrong in Redlands. There's kind of no. There's a lot of good there's a to lot eat. of good places. I, you know. Yeah, there's a. You really can't go wrong.
2: I do miss that area a lot. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that would be an area of the empire that I'd be like, yeah, I'd live there for sure. It's very—it's <clears throat> just a little pricey, but yeah, I'd, I'd live there for very sure. Very
2: underrated, yeah. Like food-wise, I like. There's also I don't know if you've ever been to Plant Power.
1: Uh, is that the one by Sprouts, like in? Yeah, yeah. I've never phenomenal. been there, but I've oh heard of it. Oh my
2: goodness! I know Riverside has one, mm-hmm. and like I tell people who are vegetarian, I'm not. I eat everything because like once you cut weight. And wrestling you're just like you should be open to everything <laughs> that's the way i looked at it but like their vegetarian food and vegan mm-hmm. my god i knew that part their black bean patty i don't know what they put in there <laughs> it's very addicting i still crave it to this day
1: oh wow okay
2: so i like i recommend people who go up to riverside area like if you're vegetarian that's the place to go to or if you're in redlands area that's the go-to
1: Okay, I will have to try. It. I've it's, I've seen it, and people always tell me about. it. The only
2: thing that they're what? missing is I I tell this tell them this every time is you don't have sweet potato fries. What the heck is going yeah. on?
1: Sweet potato fries. It's are much.
2: Good. It's supposedly healthier for you. I mean, that's what they say, right? That's that's a that's <clears throat> what I'm a sucker for the most. If you have that on your menu, I'm getting
1: it. Oh, sweet potato fries. Oh in jail? my yes. Okay. <laughs> I, can, uh, I don't really ever eat it with anything, though, like ketchup or ranch. I always have to eat it by itself. That's
2: fair. I'm, I'll just try out variations of what sauces go with because mm. I feel like that's a part of living, is not only just exploring the world, but exploring your food taste. Well, See what goes together, what doesn't.
1: Definitely sounds like you're not a picky eater, which is good. Oh, God. I'm man. not a picky eater. I'll pretty much eat have you anything. Ever, so. Do you
2: know who Patty Pimblett is? Hmm. So he's an MMA fighter. He fights at 155. <sighs> long
1: blonde hair kind of okay from liverpool i know exactly who and he cuts
2: ungodly amount to make 155 but he does it yeah he
1: eats a bunch of just whatever he wants really he eats whatever he wants and he still
2: fights and he does what he needs to do but like there's a quote by him that i lived to this day (laughs) okay and that's why i work out i work out so i can have a fourth meal not (laughs) that i want to you know eat whatever the heck i want but that's fair he was getting interviewed on a podcast and he was in Chicago, and he's had, like, the deep dish pizza, the mm. hot dogs, and he's breathing very heavily. And Molly Meatball, a teammate of his, asked him, like, you're just breathing so heavy. And he straight goes, I'm a thoughts bastard. And I just, like, I resonate with that. <laughs> That's why I work out, so I can, eat again. So can eat again. <laughs> that was my uh, Liverpool accent, by the way. You can tell <laughs> me if it was good or not. I don't care. I think it was...
1: Fifteen percent good. <laughs> I do know that fighter though. I've seen a few of his. He's I actually quite a character. I've, I've seen some of his uh, like post interviews after a fight. He usually has something in his hand that he's eating. Like <laughs> he's he just like won a fight or lost a fight, whatever. It reminds me. of And another he's fighter. like, oh, I can eat now again because uh, my fight's over. And I'm like, oh, okay. It reminds be of another fighter. I'm like like
2: sure. this would be me to a T if I just got done fighting. Like Jorge Masvidal after he beat Nate Diaz, he's doing the press conference but he's eating pizza the entire time and he straight up goes
1: i think i've never seen that
2: it was at ufc 244 and then he's just he's got the uh cornrows like he just he looks like a gangster because it was for the bmf title anyways he's eating pizza but like he eats pizza the way i do folds one Fold slice it? on top of another and just eats it and he goes if i'm if, I, if you guys run out of pizza i'm done with his interview so he, a lot of times he's just saying more pizza bring it that's so, hilarious. I'm like, that was me if I were a fighter.
1: I mean, the fact that they have to, oh, well, I mean, you, even you as a wrestler, yeah. like the insanity they go through to cut weight, I, man, I, I wouldn't blame them. I'd want to eat too after that because the, yeah, because I have a buddy who's like just getting into fighting and um, he's been training for like the last uh, like year. Nice. Uh, he's ex-military, and he's always been into UFC and all that, but Thank now you. he's, like, fighting. He had his Love first fight. Film. He had a first fight, uh, like, a month ago in Emeryville near San Francisco. Nice. Um, but he's always talking about just, like, the crazy <laughs> amount of stuff he has to do to get weight. And I'm just like, oh, God. I'm
2: I'll like, tell you my... And he worst. likes you too. <laughs> I'll tell you my worst story. Okay. Um, Battle for the belt. That tournament is basically the equivalent <clears throat> of almost our state tournament. Okay. It's a 64-man bracket, so there's a lot of teams there, and a lot of times, because Temecki Valley hosts it, so we're their their rivals, so we're just across the street, which is nice, so we don't have to go too far. Mm -hmm. They'll usually, like, recruit a team out of the country, or not, sorry, out of the country, out of the state. Okay. So, like, I think my junior, or might have been my senior, they had Pennsylvania, Bethlehem, like a team from Pennsylvania, and Pennsylvania's got Penn State. Oh. And they're the best wrestling program in the country, by far. That's what I've heard. So they probably get some from there, but they're... Pennsylvania is a very good school, or I'm sorry, very good state that has wrestling. Anyways, I don't know if you know much about wrestling, but if you go to a two day tournament, you have to weigh in both days. Oh, so that tournament, that specifically, I wrestled one twenty six, but we had the growth allowance, so I was one twenty eight day one. So that means the following day I had to weigh one twenty nine because they gave you plus one. You
1: had to one weigh one twenty nine the next day.
2: Yeah, that was their only like. Here you go. (laughs) I was. Six pounds overweight the night before.
1: How'd you... Oh, God. Okay. So how'd you you cut
2: that? It's because it's funny. I talk to Harlan about this all the time. I remember his post on Facebook. He was seven, and he was much heavier than I was. Mm. I think what made mine harder, though, I'm not trying to brag or anything, because I used to walk around my junior year 145-ish, and I dieted to about 132 and then i qualified for the 126 pound weight class through okay. the hydration so at my peak lean i was good enough for 132 but i went to 126 and that whole the reason why i'm not a picky eater is because i was such so diligent with my dieting throughout that whole wrestling season and i just threw away all foods that i never appreciated mm. like for me tomatoes i love tomatoes now i didn't love them in high school but like but yeah, that tournament, two-day tournament, I I think it was 10 o'clock at night, and I went to bed maybe at 1 o'clock. Okay. So my dad dropped me off about three miles away from the house, and I ran back. <laughs> <laughs> I only lost a pound, and then I'm on our Jesus. our bike for about an hour. I lose about another pound, maybe a pound and a half, and my mom intervenes because she's at that point almost That's a nurse practitioner. She's crazy. like, hey. Don't go too crazy, you know. He'll float a pound if he when he sleeps. Yeah. So I floated about another pound, maybe pound and a half. So I wake up, let's just say I woke up two pounds overweight. I was like, Fudge.
3: God, that's
1: crazy though. You lost that like, much in just a short amount of time. And
2: there's people who've done it a lot crazier than I have, but I still had maybe about an hour and a half to make let's just say two to three pounds yeah. to one twenty nine. Dad drops me off again about an hour away from chaparral to run. And I lose about another pound, and then we drive to TV, mm. and then I get on the scale. I'm probably maybe three-fourths of a pound over, and there's 45 minutes left to weigh in. <laughs> I'm in every type of clothes possible. The only thing I'm not wearing is like a suit at this point. Yeah, yeah. A tuxedo. So you are basically trying to sweat it out. Yeah, and I'm, yeah, yeah. And I'm very familiar with that school <clears throat> because I went there from the elementary school and middle school program. So I'm just doing wall sprints back and forth in where they do the weigh-ins. mm made weight by like the last five minutes in
1: god damn
2: what happened was uh it wasn't the eating i was just pounding a lot of water okay and to this day i'm still not like i'm not faulting myself that i needed that water because the match that i needed to go to to qualify for day two we went into like quadruple overtime oh. and i credit that water for helping me win that match because mm. then i qualified for day two i won the first match and i might have pinned the next match and then And then I almost placed at that tournament. Like I said, it's almost known as just as hard as our Masters and maybe even State. Mm -hmm. So to place at a 64-man bracket, it's top eight. I was top ten. Wow. I lost to a guy who was a nationally ranked freshman. (laughs) The thing is, the funny thing is I knew him Mm -hmm. growing up because we were in the same exact kids program. And he just went to another school and I lost him two to one. Oh, man. Eh, It is what it is.
1: So that's that's just insane, though, just for you to even get that far oh, because right. of the weight. Um, yeah.
2: And I would say out of, like, a 10 scale, how bad it was, I'd say about an 8. Like, I never passed out, thankfully. Shoot, I, was, I
1: was thinking, like, a 9 or 10, probably. Well, Down
2: I would not credit that if I would have passed out. No. I would need IVs. And, like, if mm. I was urinating, probably dark yellow. Yeah. And I don't think it was that bad. But, like, it felt bad because you had to cut. And then, like, you're sitting in the sauna, which... To this day, whoever says saunas are fun, you've mm-mm. you've never cut weight like to the extreme like a lot of wrestlers have. So, if and if you are one of those wrestlers, you're just a straight psychopath, and I'm a big fan of you.
1: <laughs> I I mean, yeah, shout out to the wrestlers because, uh, yeah,
2: It doesn't even have to be wrestling because like jiu jitsu does it, boxing people, does it.
1: People uh, people like, barely want to work sports, out.
2: So. combat sports really, and I know like uh, <clears throat> personal trainers when they do that stuff, they do that too for their shows. Granted, they're nowhere near as like they still get to eat smarter than we did. Yeah, we were just like, here we might have a can of tuna.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: So not that got. I'm saying it was any better because I understand what they go through to cut weight. It's not fun, mm. but it did make me appreciate food. So I will say I the only benefit about cutting weight. I'm not a picky eater.
1: Well, I guess when you cutting weight, uh, you, there's just no food coming in, so you exactly. take anything.
2: So that's why I was like, throw extra tomatoes on there. That's fine.
1: yeah. So damn. <laughs> I give you credit because, uh, (laughs) I don't, I mean, maybe if I had grown up in wrestling, I would have been, like, all for it, but, uh, basketball was totally different. It was like, well, you need to eat.
2: How long did you play basketball
1: for? Um, until I was done with high school. Okay. Um, my, uh, my injury, uh, with my knee just kind of, like, kind of derailed me a little bit. Both your knees or one? Uh, just one. It was my, uh, right, right knee. Um, I had surgery on it, um... It was, ooh, it was, it was a few years after high school. I probably should have gotten it done in high school.
2: ACL, meniscus, um,
1: LCL. Um, I want to say it's the LCL. It's the, it's the, it's the tendon that keeps your kneecap in. I think that's the LCL.
2: Uh, so I'm not trying to be like this guy. I, just I think it's an LCL. LCLs are ligaments. Tendons are not. Tendons okay. connect muscle to bones, and ligaments go bone to bone. That's the difference. Okay. And the way I it took it took me a long time to learn that was I didn't. Realizing I was looking at out a c- cadaver. Okay. So.
1: All right. So well, yeah, the whatever keeps my kneecap in, I, I uh, it was the right side I tore. Okay. So I, they had to go in and like refix it, but I didn't do it till <clears throat> probably probably like three or four years after high school. I probably should have got it done in high school, but you know, I just
2: I know they have a just waited conservative mindset when it comes to like operating, especially on people who are younger generation they're like we can try physical therapy and that's what i did strengthen the muscles around the knee and hopefully that'll take care of it sometimes it does sometimes it doesn't it depends on the grade of the tears of the knee like it just if you have a grade one which usually means it's not destroyed really it's Mm. it's like an acute injury it's something you could probably strengthen and be good Mm -hmm. twos and threes are the ones where it's more severe
1: yeah well then i would say like probably like the third year after um I was still playing basketball just like right. recreationally cuz it's definitely something I love I didn't really want to give it up. Um and I would say like that third year I was my knee was like giving out like it was I was probably, <laughs> I was probably dislocating my knee like I think that third year I probably dislocated it like probably four or five times in, in one year. Um so then by the fourth year I finally went <laughs> to my doctor. I was like, "You know, I was like, I think I should just get surgery on this, because I was like, therapy's not helping, and I did therapy in high school, blah, blah, I was like, my knee just keeps giving out, like, when I play basketball, because, uh, mainly it gave out when I was making, like, sharp, like, cuts, pivots, yeah, pivots, and you know, the knee goes that direction, and it was just, it was gone,
2: it's good now, uh, though, mm-hmm.
1: oh, yeah, yeah, now, after uh, surgery, and, and, and therapy, and just kind of, like, working out more, um, and, like, strengthening it, yeah, we're good now, but, uh. Yeah, I probably should have got it done in high school, but that's all right.
2: Were you more of an offense or defensive player when it comes to basketball? Uh, uh Offense, both?
1: power oh. forward. Um, now, <laughs> now I'd probably be like the smallest dude on the court <laughs> if I was playing college or NBA.
2: Because I have a patient where I don't know if, he's, tall. if he's ever coming back to therapy. He's <clears> been <throat> no-showing, but hmm. he's 18 years old, and he's got a scholarship for both basketball and football. He's, gonna go, he's for, I don't know what school he's at. I can't remember, but he's going to UCSD. Okay. And I was just picking his brain. I'm like, tell me the differences between basketball and football. I know what my perspective is, but I was like, tell me what's hard for you as a basketball athlete to go into football or vice versa. And so just explain to me everything. Hmm. Just trying to pick his brain because I'm like, that's a two-sport athlete that you got both uh, scholarships for. Yeah. Which sounds like it's unheard of. Usually,
1: I, I mean, I only have the experience from the basketball side. Uh, but I had teammates who were also football players. Uh, one thing I always noticed <clears throat> for football players who also played basketball, uh, they were usually better at defense than offense. And uh, I think it's just because of, like, the aggression aspect of football. They were definitely more – they were better at defense than they were at offense. And he also um, was saying so what was hard from was the transition, too,
2: was because, you know, football has, like, 12 games – I don't know how much high breaks. school. There's that. You There's have breaks. Po- breaks in between plays, but also you yeah. have, like, 12 games in high school or something and basketball there's they're, they're playing year. like three times a week at least with yeah. the nba it's
1: a lot longer and uh, you have to play both sides of the ball exactly. in basketball so like most of the football players uh who did play basketball at the end of their season usually our coach would start getting them to run pretty much like after football practice because then we had like Probably three or four weeks before basketball season started after football season, um, so he'd get them running like immediately because a lot of them had to slim down, Fair. Um, just because like their cardio wasn't there. Because yeah, football it was it was much. They were just trying to get bigger, and you're not really running all the time for a football game. Yeah, he, depending on what I guess side of the ball you play.
2: Yeah, he was saying how like it was easier to go into foot from football to basketball because. Or, <clears throat> yeah football to, or it was harder for him to go from football to basketball because the, the more games and then the, your frame's a lot different mm-hmm. and then uh your endurance is much different but he was said it was yeah. easier to go from to go to basketball to football because like it's not less calm but like if you're only playing one position you're only one play, playing one position and a lot of times That's when fair. you're playing basketball you're playing both
1: yeah you can get yeah you can go in everywhere pretty much exactly because
2: they don't have time to cuz they will have six timeouts in a basketball game
1: yeah it's usually six Think and right. you got to
2: be conservative about that for injuries and whatever and mm-hmm. strategy and whatnot. So you can't just call timeout and substitute them in.
1: <laughs> and it's a smaller roster. Yeah, and you yeah, can only you what, get like maybe ten, fifteen
2: in during when they're shooting a free throw.
1: Uh, shooting free throws, um, or if there's like a dead ball, you so, know, out of bounds play, stuff like that.
2: I don't know how often that happens in high school and college, but. in NBA seems like it happens a lot because yeah. it's more of a strategy thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure.
2: I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong.
1: Yeah, it's definitely different. Um, I don't think... I mean, I never played football. My mom didn't want me to play football. That's fair uh, she was like, nah, you're, you're good. I was like, all right, that's fair. Uh, I But looking back, I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I could have really transitioned from basketball to football very well, <laughs> even if I tried. But it is what it is. Basketball has always has always been there. So, um, All right, well, I know... This kind of went back to your career question, but uh, this will be the final question for you, you know, end of the episode. Um, You know, what is what does success mean to you?
2: So success means to me as a human being, because I don't really take my career into effect, mainly because I just there's so many things I can do with it. But as a human being, I want to be the best human being I can for not only myself, my patients and for everybody I meet. Uh, Like I brought up that quote from Deadpool, just be a better human being each day. I feel like we should strive towards that. I'm always, not always at the library or Barnes and Noble reading, but when I am, I'm reading on personal growth, I'm learning on things that I can make myself just appreciate life much more and just, like I said, be better towards my patients and everybody else. I just feel like we should always challenge ourselves, like I stated earlier, and be a much better human being for the planet. And I bring up the human being because one of the few times I was at Yosemite last year, and this kind of irks me to this day, was uh, we were walking somewhere to, I don't know, we were just traveling. But anyways, we saw people who were from other countries picking up our trash. And that really ticked me off because I was like, we shouldn't have to have people who don't live here pick up after us. Mm. And that's why I tie in just being a better human being. Like, if you're in a national park like Yosemite... Yeah. Take care of it. It is gorgeous. It's something that everybody should be able to see. And not just Yosemite, like Kings and Sequoia, Lassen, you name it. You brought up uh, Yellowstone. Mm-hmm. Why should we not take care of it as much as possible? That's why I'm not a big fan of litters. Mm-hmm. And if I have trash, I'll just keep it in my car until I throw it away. So that's why I just believe that's also a part of being a better human being.
1: I think it's a big one. I like that. So I just,
2: I don't know, like, I know that goes on in so many ways. Successes for me is like yeah. traveling the world, seeing what's out there, seeing what maybe Joe Schmo doesn't get to see for so many reasons. You know, mm. Trying the foods that Joe Schmo doesn't get to have. Mm. Looking, this world's just too vast for us to not explore and be a part of. And I don't know. That's why I think I will eventually go back to travel therapy. And I'm not a money first type of person. Granted, where I'm getting working at, it's it's I'm very satisfied with what I'm taking home mm. but I'm not a money first I don't I never wanted to be that type of person and I want to be human first I want to help the person on the corner I want to help my patients I want to help whoever needs help to live not only their purpose but that way it fulfills my own mm. because that's just I just want to be different not just be different but like Yeah, I make good money, but it's not who I am. Mm. It's who the soul that I have, the aura, the presence that I bring out in others or maybe you, my patients, you name it. Mm. I want to be above and beyond what I'm just a physical therapist or a former EMT or a wrestler. I want to be just more than that. I want to be, hey, Dylan's a very good guy and he knows how to have a fun time and knows some good places to eat or go hike or travel. You should, you know, if you have questions, hit him up for that or whatever so i don't know
1: you want to be known for more than want to just be known thing. for
2: more than just exactly yes yeah. sir so
1: i like it um well i think that's a good way to end it um is there anything else you'd like to say before, before i sign off
2: uh just once again thank you for having me i just cannot be any more humble i will say um I still remember when you messaged me back in June last year. <laughs> it's been a long time coming. It's been a long time, but there was a lot of things that happened. Like right. like the text when you first messaged me, I was still in Merced. Yeah, and yeah. I came down for like 10 days. I was shooting fireworks and then went on my trip. Yeah, And then we both had jury duty <laughs> right around the same time. Uh-huh. So it's I'm very humble and very appreciative that you brought asked me to be on your show and I couldn't be any more happier because I'm not a v- very not a braggy person. I'm not a very, like, I want to speak about myself. I feel I like th- conversations should be A think you did a good a job. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> it's it. good. So I, I hope you guys enjoyed this time, and I can't wait for my patients and whoever follows me on social media to see this.
1: All right, guys. You heard it heard first. Uh, like Again, uh, like you said, I appreciate you coming in. I'm glad we made it happen. Um, don't forget to tune in uh, to Your Adventure Podcast on Instagram, uh, TikTok, YouTube, um, and I'll see you soon next episode. Later, guys.
0: You've been listening to Your Adventure Podcast with Dustin Emery. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this podcast. And we hope that you've been truly inspired and motivated. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on Instagram at Your Adventure Podcast. Until next time, this is Your Adventure Podcast signing off.